<laughs> All right, cool. Hi, guys. Hello. So, the suitcase here, Logan and Kevin. Uh, today, uh, uh, today we're going to be doing one of my favorite movies, Dread from 2012. Yeah. You know, you introduced me to this film, and I'm curious to hear a professional opinion. <laughs> professional opinion, yes. So, so yeah, do, do you want to quickly do your quick backstory? Because your one will be quicker than mine. Sure. Well, um, uh, my backstory, as you said, is very brief. Um, I was over at your house to do a project we were working on for college. And of course, you and I don't stay nearby, so we had to overnight. And you were like, uh, all right, what can we watch for supper? How about Dread? And I was like, the hell is Dread? <laughs> I know the character's name, but that's about it. And you were like, you've never seen Dread? You are watching this. Yeah. And you sat me down and we binged it, binged it, watched it. And I loved it. Yeah. That was my entire origin. You were like, hey, fool, you need some culture. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, for my origin, uh, uh, I was obviously I'm obviously you know big into comic books and I read comic books and everything. Uh, I was a big fan of Judge Dredd and everything. And then um, we sort of because obviously Dredd was on the list. That was obviously on the list of movies for us to do. To do, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. But uh, originally for December, our plan was actually to do Sp to do like a Spider Man marathon because we were obviously obviously the build up to No Way Home coming out. But then Disney decided to just. Prolong it. Uh, uh, just Delay push everything, it. push everything back, and because of that, it just completely upended our plans and everything. So we had to scramble a little so we had bit. To scramble and decide. Okay, what are we going to watch? What are we going to do? Everything like that. We need December. We need December movies and everything. <laughs> um, so the thing is, if we were properly prepared, if I was prepared beforehand, I would have brought like my Blu-ray. I would have brought like some of my graphic novels because I've actually got this one really cool graphic novel my dad got me where it's uh, Batman versus Judge Dredd where they cross over. And it's like this big, thick graphic novel. And it's basically just like these like four different um, uh, short stories where the two of them cross over. That's really cool. And it's actually like really, really cool. Uh, is, is Dredd or Batman the bad guy perceived as the bad guy? Uh, initially. Initially. It depends on the crossover. Because some crossovers, Judge Dredd goes to Gotham. And the other ones, Batman goes to Mega City 1. Oh, nice. And everything like that. Wow. That kind of reminds me of uh, Predator and Batman. Those crossovers. Yeah, those crossovers are epic too. They're really good. Because uh, Predator's always like... Yeah. The bad guy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite moment from the from the one crossover. There's the one crossover I think it's the second crossover story after they've already like initially met, met. and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um there's this bit where Batman's obviously driving in the Batmobile through Gotham and he's obviously like, you know, headed off to his next case or whatever. And then uh Judge Dredd comes comes up with his like, you know, his law is is uh I can't remember what they oh yeah, I can't remember what they called it. It's those box. It's something it's law something. I think mm. Law Rider or Law Buck or uh, 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 I can't remember the exact term for it, but 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 uh, but um, uh, 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 he has that buck. He comes up on his bike. He shoots the Batmobile. Batmobile like tips over to the side, and then obviously this was like the nineties. So obviously yeah. the Batmobile, this very intricate design with like this intricate like you know like dome like um, uh, window. The Jetsons. That, uh, the Batman satin. 
So it was obviously like very intricate and everything like that. And then uh, Judge Dredd, like uh, the, the car's tipped over. The Judge Dredd walks over to the car and like he like you know looks through the windows. He can see if Batman's alive. And then suddenly you, uh, there's this there's this one page panel of just Batman's fist launching out of the back of out, out of the windshield and like hitting Judge Dredd in the face. Oh, like oh, I love that bit. That must be epic to read. I love it when they have suddenly have a full page panel. And you, <laughs> I love those moments. That's yeah, that's epic. It's a really awesome moment. I, 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 um, uh, when I'm busy editing this episode, I'll actually I'll go I'll go get the page and I'll actually put it uh, put it here so you guys can see it. Nice. But yeah, so anyway, so yeah, Judge Dredd, really cool character. He's from 2000 AD, which is like a British comic book publishing label. I was going to ask you who published yeah. him. Yeah. So obviously, 2000 AD is not very well known known in the in the, in the um, cinematic. Well, no, it's not known in the states. Oh. Because obviously, the states are where the that's the main comic book you know hub. Mm, hub. Um. So, like, DC pretty much had to do... Uh, 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 I mean, they, they co-published it, but DC obviously had to do most distributing when they did that crossover. Mm. And then I was actually... Re- I actually collected this one Judge Dredd comic book series at one point, and instead of 2000 AD publishing it, they made a deal with this other indie publisher in America called IDW, and then IDW basically published the comic books for them. Mm, that's cool. Clever. Yeah. Bit of networking. Yeah, and it's very weird, cause, and it's very different, because, like, 2000 AD... Because their comic books, it's not like a, a normal single issue that you buy. It's more like a magazine, and it's got these like these like different stories for different. Because they have a whole bunch of different characters, like Rogue Trooper and all those like different characters. And Judge Dredd's obviously their main character, and then it'd be like a short story. And there's also like these little like mini books you can buy of like Judge Dredd. I've got, I've got a couple of those as well. Mm, nice. um, but yeah, but anyway, so uh, uh, going through the backstory again, uh, basically. Uh, uh, I am a bit. I watched the 1995 Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone. I'm actually a big fan of that movie. I mean, a lot of people don't like it, but I, I, for me, it's a guilty pleasure. And then my one friend who, uh, my one friend, he's like super, like mega fan of Judge of this movie. Like it's one of his top ten favorite films of all time. Wow. Uh, he really wanted to watch the Judge Dredd movie, but he didn't want to watch it by himself because because he heard it was bad. He, he listened to the he listened to the the collector, which is never a good thing. Yeah, so I basically just so I said to him that no fool, this is actually a good movie. Like, you know, let's just sit down. I basically did to him what I did to you. No fool. <laughs> like no fool, let's sit down and watch this movie. And he actually and he really enjoyed it. He, he, he said it's very good. It is a good because it's it's just this. Uh, okay, well I'm talking about the 1995 one. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'll take your word. It's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if Sylvester's in it, it must be it's, somewhat like, tolerable. Yeah, like, it's a cheesy action movie. Like, it doesn't have a great plot and everything, but it's just 90s cheese. I was going to say. You just watch it. You just have this, like, permanent grin on your face the whole time you watch it. Exactly. It's one of those yeah. joyous films. Yeah. yeah, of course. I get you. Yeah. But anyway, so, so getting back on track to this film, uh, the, 19, the 1990 film was more... was Okay, it was more... More accurate to the comics in the sense of, like, the design of it. Like, the fact that it was the future. The fact that the box actually can, like, are actually, like, these hover box. Because in the comic books, it's actually, like... It's not, like, a normal box. It's, like, a hover box that they that they fly around in. And it's, like, this future, like, ultra-futuristic f- and everything. Um, but obviously, with this movie, they went it for more grounded, like, take. Like, mm. okay, fine. If this, if this scenario actually did happen, what would the judges actually be like? Like for example, like their armor, they're like their, their armor is very like you know, it's a lot more military. It's like combat style. It's a lot more combat, military, realistic. Whereas with you know the comic books, it's like super exaggerated. These police uniforms, these giant like armrest things on their uh, on their shoulders and everything like that. Um, these giant shoulder pads. 
uh, and obviously the gun is obviously a lot. The gun, the gun design also also is very different. Mm. But yeah, obviously this one it's a more grounded take and everything like that. And yeah, I just I just love this movie. I think it's definitely a grittier take. I'm yeah, not yeah, sure. It's definitely, definitely a more grittier take. grittier take. Yeah. I'm not sure about grounded because I have I haven't seen it, but uh, for me I can believe it's definitely at least grittier. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So just to go through some stats, hmm. I have some very important bits to talk about. Okay, so this movie was directed by Pete Travis, right? Okay, okay, but keep that in mind, okay? Because okay. this movie was actually shadow directed by another person that I'm about to mention. Mm. So this movie was written by. Um, uh, obviously, we have the credits of the original Judge Dredd creators, John, John Wagner and Carlos uh, Esquera. Just like, I'm not sure how you pronounce that one. Yo, Esquera. Esquera, yeah. But uh, this this movie was, was a screenplay that was written by Alex Garland. Mm-hmm. Now, Alex Garland was just a screenwriter at the time. He hadn't, he hadn't done his directorial debut. And he technically, like technically, he didn't direct this movie. But Carl Urban, who plays Judge Strader in this movie, has come out since then and said that uh, that even though that um, Alex Garland officially wasn't director, he very much was there on set every day, and he pretty much di- he basically directed this movie. This That's movie cool. pretty much was his vision all all throughout. Wow, which is very cool for a screenwriter because mm. often with a screenwriter you sell your script and then the studio takes it and they and they and then you have no control over what happens with it. Mm, true. I remember our lecturer, one lecturer even said to us in college that like you know the only way to make sure that your script gets a script is adapted exactly the way you want it is if you're a director screenwriter combo mm, yeah, you direct yeah. the film as well. Mm, that's the only sure. way to make sure that your screenwriting that your script is done properly mm, otherwise it's subject to change subject to change yeah but anyway so original um original music by uh paul leonard morgan and this, the soundtrack for this movie is very good it is very good oh, yeah, sorry it was a bit of a bubble there yeah no problem uh cinematography by anthony Do- uh, dodd mantle and uh film editing by mark uh eckersley Eckersley. That's that one. Yeah, Eckersley. I'm Eckersley. just I didn't think you said it wrong. I was just like, wow, that's an unusual name. Well, I don't know. I always show it to you because you're good at pronouncing these names and Apparently. Was, it's a lot of these are like very ton they're like tongue twisters, but mm, yeah. I get you, no worries. But yeah, but anyway, so uh, I'm a big fan of Alex Garland. I, I I love his films that he's done since then. He he's okay, he's a fish his official directorial debut was X Mark, you know, but to me this is his directorial debut. Which is actually not a bad title at all. Yeah, Dread, X Machina. X Machina is one of my favorite Safa movies like ever. ever. Like, I absolutely love that movie. And then he did uh, Annihilation, which was pretty good. And then he also recently did I think it was last yeah, it was last year, he did a, a mini series for Hulu called Devs, which was actually very good. I I, I watched it was a like I think uh I can't remember if it was a six to eight episode. I can't remember the exact episode count. It was like six or six or eight episode miniseries. I watched it all the way through and I, I just loved it. I thought it was really good. What was it about? It's about this, uh, it's about this, um, this, uh, girl and she's, she has this boyfriend who's like a computer programmer. They both work at this, like this, uh, you know, like this Google, like, you know, campus stuff. Big you know, corporation. You know, because huh? Google, they don't, they don't have, like, a normal, like, you know, corporate office building. They have, like, mm. they have, like a campus. That playground, yeah. They have, that like, playground campus type thing. So it's, it's one of those types of companies. Nice. And then um, the, 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 uh, her boyfriend, who's a programmer, gets, uh, 
gets uh, hired to, to work on the secret project and then he dies mysteriously and then she's basically going to try and figure out what happened to him. Mm. It's quite a good sci-fi series. It sounds very good. I suppose yeah. he became like an IT guy, like a ghost in the shell type thing. Yeah, basically. Mm, called it. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, so this is a, this a, 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 so, so starting with this film, basically uh, we start up with a, with a, with sort of like a, um, over the head shots, like a lot of like drone shots of like of like Mega City One is this giant, this this giant city that's like it's a bunch of cities merged together. Mm. It's like it's like stretching from like Boston to Washington DC. That's and a we, lot long distance. Yeah, and we get and we get a voiceover from Judge Dredd, and uh, you know he says like you know he describes it almost like as this, as this like you know perfect concrete landscape. Very, very, mm. very cool. Very, very grimy. Like very, very grimy. dirty place. My goodness. Very grimy, dirty place. Like, well, that's Joburg for you. Because <laughs> this film actually was shot. Um, uh, it was shot like uh, parts of it were in Cape Town and the other parts were in Joburg. In Joburg. But you can yes. tell a lot of it was in Joburg. Yeah, you can see just by the buildings. Obviously not the mega blocks themselves. Yeah, but those the, are the adding, other buildings. Those are adding with CGI. Mm, but the other buildings are definitely Joburg. You can just tell. They so have this just, flair about them. Yeah, they have the Joburg flair. Uh -huh. Interesting thing was that the reason why they came and shot this movie in South Africa was hmm. not it wasn't only because um uh, because it was obviously cheap to shoot here yeah? it was also in a sense of they wanted they wanted Joburg Pacific Joburg they wanted South Africa specifically because our cities are designed in a very like grid like matter in a very oh, sorry not matter manner it's hmm. a very grid like manner and it's, our cities are designed very differently to other countries in the world and that's why they were like that's why when they looked at like the, the layouts and everything of like Joburg and Cape Town, they were like, Yeah, this is the this is mega city. This is mega oh, that makes sense. Yeah, we do have a very grid type of layout. Especially when you go into like the central central hub city. Mm, and there's just a lot of one way streets and stuff like that. It makes sense for their their approach to do that. Plus yeah. also being budget friendly also makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so anyway, uh, we get we get this whole thing, and then like you know, uh, Dread has this voiceover saying like you know, there's only one thing that's keeping order in the chaos, the 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 the, the judges and everything, and then we get like sort of a, we sort of get like a, a, a while it's busy showing the city, it's also cutting between him getting dressed in his uniform and everything, but we never actually see his face. Like the, at never, most, ever. at most we see like the back of his head, but that's mm. basically all we see. Mm. And then the the rest of the film is just his mouth, basically. Yeah. Whatever's not. And the, and the, under. Thing, is, and the thing is, that's that's actually very important because in the Judge Dredd comics, you never see Judge Dredd's actual face. You never okay. See his, you never see his full face. It's actually part of his character. It's sort of like Viva, like uh, Viva Vendetta, like mm -hmm. we did earlier, where like you know you never see you never okay with Judge Dredd you see his mouth, but you never see his full face. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very important aspect in the comics. Mm. <clears throat> um, uh, and why it's so and why it's so important is because in the nineteen ninety five movie, obviously this is the nineties, so obviously you know comic book movies were treated a bit differently back then. Yeah, a little bit. Uh -huh. And uh, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, I, I still I still liked him in that movie. I thought he was. I thought he did a pretty good job. But obviously, you know, in the nineties, you know, with actors, you know, the star power, especially Sylvester Stallone at the time, uh, he's like, no, no, I have to show my face. They have to know that it was me. Like, of course. Like, they can't not see my face. Like, what are you talking about? So, uh, like, immediately within the first, like, ten minutes, he takes his helmet off. And, oh. like, most of the movie, you he has his helmet off. And that rubbed fans, like, the wrong way. Like, fans were... They were not very happy. I'm sure. I'm bloody sure. They were not very pleasant. But Carl Urban was... He was very dedicated to this role. He's still very dedicated to this role. He's still trying to get... 
a dread sequel made or like a tv show or something something in this universe made. dread related yeah he's very committed to this role and the fact that he was committed that he was just like yeah yeah sure i'll put that on my tongue you don't have to see my face like I don't yeah care. doesn't Whatever. bother me yeah that's cool that's a bit of fan service from his part yeah exactly instead of fighting this like that aspect where his face is never revealed he's like no keep it it's fine they don't need to see me it's about the character not about me yeah so exactly. i'm glad he did that well shout out to him yeah very very cool mm. so yeah so um uh, uh, uh eventually we get to we get a little our first car chase there's these guys that are there's these guys that are um in, in this like van which you can instantly tell it's tell it's accurate because that because that pacific car model is like so popular yeah Especially Joburg and stuff like that. Yeah, especially if you go to Joburg. My goodness. Yeah. Anyway, and then they're busy. Uh, 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 they're busy. Dri- they're driving, and they're also busy drugged up on this on this um, on this drug called slow mo. And what slow mo does, it's like this inhaler, and you, you take it. It's not like an asthma inhaler, mm. but you take it, and then it basically like it slows down time to like one percent its normal speed. It's like this super like you know addictive drug that's just hit the the grid and everything like that. And then anyway, Joe Street's chasing them. Uh, the one guy in the back who. A famous South African actor who was actually in District Nine. He was one of the he was one of the um, one of the guys that were into when they were cut to like the documentary style when they were interviewing those different experts. He was one of the experts that they were. Oh, nice! One nice. of the actors that they were uh, interviewing in that in that scene. Mm, that makes sense. They would use South African actors. Yeah, because he's actually he's actually um, I think he him and Neil Blomkamp are actually personal fr- friends. Actually personal friends. So almost every Neil Blomkamp. Okay, not everyone, but. A lot of Neil Blomkamp's movies, you'll often see him like pop up. That's really cool. Okay, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see him. I yeah. saw him, but I didn't make the connection. So I'll, I'll go back and check afterwards. But it's cool. I'm glad that they used him. Yeah, but anyway, so he's busy like drugged up, and then like you know his friends in the front say, "We got a charge on all because it's in slow mo." And he goes like, "What?" I said, "We got a charge on our tail." And then like he like takes out his submachine gun, starts firing, and then Judge Dredd's like you know like pursuing the suspects, and then they're like you know, "Do you require backup?" And he's just no. Nah. I don't need backup. Great for pent these, up for these idiots. Uh, anyway, and then he's chasing them, and then eventually, in the chaos while they're busy driving, some guys walking across the street, and then they run over him. Obviously not intentionally. It was obviously by accident because they were trying to escape Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. And then Judge Dredd's just like, oh, hell no. He's basically just like, you know, Perps just took out an innocent. I'm taking them down. Yeah, I'm trying to whack these yeah. fools. And again, and again, the motorbike in this in this movie, very grounded. It's mm. pretty much just like, okay, obviously it's like souped up to look like a, like a comic book, futuristic comic, comic book looking bike, but it's not like it's not like in the actual comics where it's like a hover bike or anything like that. It's just a normal ground bike, mm. and for weapons, it's basically just got like two machine gun turrets in the front, and that's it. Basically, pretty much. Yeah. So he shoots. Uh, he shoots their car. Their car. Their, their car crashes. He like goes over, and then two of the guys are dead. But then the the main guy who I mentioned, he's he's still alive. So he goes. He goes. Um. Uh, 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 he goes running off into the mall and he grabs a hostage and then Judge Dredd's like slowly following him just like cruising. slowly walking with his with his gun I remember I remember when we first watched it for the first time you, you know as part of your like you know, you know random commentary moments you were like you know he's not much for speed is he <laughs> yeah <laughs> you glad you remember that from two years ago I don't remember it but yeah, I have my one-liners apparently. Yeah, you do have your one-liners, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, basically he walks, uh, uh, he basically like, you know, follows after him. And then uh, he eventually tracks him down to like this fast food restaurant where he's got one of the, he's got one of the workers there. And he's like got a gun to her and everything. And he's like, you know, uh, and then like, you know, Judge Dredd, he's very calm. 
throughout this scene. He is. You can tell like he has a lot of rage, and there's even moments mm. where his rage does come out. That's what I was but saying. But most earlier. of the time, it's sort of like when we were talking about with Driver, mm. where he's very calm and collected, and like you know, he never really raises his voice. He's always like just like mm. he's got this very growly voice. Where he's just like you know, release the hostage unharmed, and I will, <laughs> and I promise you, like you know. Uh, uh, life in acid cubes with no parole, with no, with no possibility of parole. And he's just like, wait, that's the that the uh, that's the that that that's the offer you're offering. He's always that's the um uh, what does he say? That's what you offer. He basically says like, yeah, that's what you're offering me. Mm-hmm. He says he says he, he, uh, he says your crimes are multiple homicides and the uh, multiple homicides and the mur- uh, 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 distribution of narcotics and also um the attempted murder of a judge. The sentence is death. And then, like, of course, he, like, he, he doesn't say, he says, like, oh, no, you know, like, you're going to let me walk, otherwise I'll blow her brains out and everything. And then he goes, like, you know, negotiations over. And he, like, raises his gun and he's, like, um, uh, he's, like, you know, he's, like, wait, did you hear me? I, 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 I'll kill her. And he's, like, he's, like, he's, like, yeah, I heard you, hot shot. What? He's, like, I said, hot shot. And then the gun, the gun, the gun activates to, to the Pacific ammo type and then he fires it. And then, like, it's, like, this, it's basically, like, a flare round where, mm. like, he fires it to the guy's mouth and the guy's head just melts basically basically yeah it was kind of a flare thing i thought so as well it was cool yeah yeah so yeah so up until this point just so that i'm not talking all the time uh oh sorry up sorry. until no that's no, fine it's fine it's just that i don't want to be talking constantly throughout mm. this video um as a uh, as an opening segment how, what do you think of it i liked it i enjoyed that um judge dread and his voiceover they said a lot of um they got a lot of exposition and sort of tone set in that opening two minutes already. They laid the groundwork for what this kind of film would be. And it's actually even that scene after the whole um, car chase, you learn about slow-mo and uh, the huge crime rate and how sort of really run down the city is all the way up until that mall uh, hostage situation. You just see how really... Ugh, everything is and how little yeah. control and influence judges actually have yeah they went they went judge dread um when he when he actually kills when he kill after he kills the guy he says like you know he obviously goes to control like you know control meat wagon meat wagon at you know my on, on my gps or whatever and then so and then you see like this little like like meat wagon machine busy like you know it's like like this cleaning type machine type mm-hmm. thing and it's like going around it's like just it's like just scooping up all the blood and clearing it so then like you know you hear this ball announcement saying the ball will be open in 30 uh, we reopened in 30 minutes and thank you for your patience <laughs> yeah it it draws a contrast between a happy situation and it's not actually all that happy is it yeah it's very, actually because the judge dread comic books actually play into the um into capitalism a lot mm-hmm. it's like all oh, capitalism and mega corporations and everything like that because it's like cyberpunk basically yeah i it definitely got cyberpunk vibes from the opening scene yeah, i didn't want to reference it but i was like oh, this is kind of cyberpunk yeah it is a very cyberpunk type thing mm. but uh <laughs> i actually found that funny because um there's actually a judge there's this one judge dread game from like the 2000s i actually own it on steam it's quite a it's quite a cool game it's a first person shooter it's called judge dread versus judge uh, versus death because uh, Judge, De- there's this one villain um, in the comics called Judge Death, and he's like this sort of like this ghostly, like this ghost type character. He's like sort of like this supernatural type of villain that Judge Dredd fights. And he's basically like Judge Dredd's Joker, basically. He's like he's arch. He's the main villain. He's okay. main villain. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! Uh, Didn't think they'd actually implement supernatural things into this comic. They actually wanted to do that. They actually wanted to do that in the sequels. They wanted to go more oh. supernatural, and that was actually something that he considered for this first movie. 
but they kind of just consider that they were kind of just like no, 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 no. I think we should we should keep this first movie grounded. Grounded. I agree with them. We should keep it grounded and keep it realistic, or realistic in the sense of like if this situation would happen in our real world, what would it look like? What would it realistically look like? Mm. True. Top of that type of I appreciate thing. that that restraint they showed then, because mm, it's easy to, as you said with Venom. I think I don't know if we said it in the episode or um, off camera. Off camera, but you said once you start with the main arch nemesis in the first movie, what do you really go to for the sequel? Yeah, we did mention that in the episode actually. Mm. Yeah, basically, like don't start with the main with the big villain. No, I mean sometimes you can get away with it, but most of the time, no. Rather save the big villain for the sequel. Mm. But if it is a, if it is going to be a once-off movie, then of course use the main villain. But with these days, everything needs a sequel. So yeah, so I can understand why they wouldn't do that. Well, this is a movie that deserves a sequel. This, yeah, no, yeah, for sure, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah this it's is a, a movie that deserves a sequel, but it probably will never get it, and it's very sad. It is disheartening, isn't it? I want look. I don't care. I don't care. Okay, before I die, I want to dread too. Carl Urban as Judge Dredd and Alex Garland directing. Okay, I, 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 I will I will live until like 108 until I get it. <laughs> you just won't die until you watch the movie. Until you get it. And then you're this raising it 140 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah, and then as soon as the movie started, you're like, <sighs> okay, tum And then you just die. Mm, you, yeah. You're like Thanos I dust away. I die happy. <laughs> oh, please do that. Oh, well, I'll, I'll try my best to do that. Thanks. I appreciate the effort. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, basically, uh, basically after after um, that, the the Chief Justice uh, uh, calls up Dredd and says, I want to talk to you. And then Dredd goes and then we meet Anderson, who's... Who, who, uh, Sorry, I have a question. Oh, yeah. Chief Justice, is that that, that woman that he speaks to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The, 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 the commanding officer woman that he talks to. So she's in charge Chief, of like... Yeah, Chief district. Justice is basically like the commissioner mm, of police. Okay. The commissioner of police, basically. Okay, well, thanks. That's all I wanted to know. Yeah. But basically, she's the Chief Justice... And then we meet Anderson. Anderson's in this like in this like interrogation room. She's not being interrogated, but she's sitting basically like in an interrogation yeah, yeah. room. And then um, she says that yeah, that uh, she's uh, she's uh, um, uh, her parents were murdered when she was at age nine, but she was submitted to the academy uh, academy under special supervision, but she failed her test. And then Dred's obviously like you know straight to the point, just like. So what's she doing in the uniform? She fails. Exactly. He's yeah. very, very uptight. And you can see, as I said a little bit earlier, he has a lot of pent-up emotion. Pent-up emotion. He's just but, very aggressive. But he's also he's also very true to the character because Judge Dredd is like straight to the book. Like, no. like uh, No compromise. You broke the law. Okay, even yeah. If I, even if it's something simple, uh, 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 he will, he will, um, uh, he, he will, he will, um, uh, uh, by the book it <laughs> yeah by the book it and arrest you although I will there's actually an interesting parallel that I want to make a bit later uh, between this version and the 1995 version I look forward to it okay. yeah just a bit later when we get there but anyway so um, uh, 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 she reveals that uh, she she tells Anderson to like you know just do her thing and Anderson basically reveals that she's a psychic and that she basically can read minds and all that type of stuff she can go into people's minds and see their their past life what they're thinking all that type of stuff mm. because she's basically labeled as a mutant and that's actually important because later in the comic books obviously this this is like a year one year two year three type of film so it's very like early days in the in the judge's story 
but later, later, obviously, and I'm sure they would have done this in the sequels. There's eventually there's a special unit that gets created called the Sark. The, I can't remember. It's like it's like the Sark Sark Core or something like that. I can't remember, I can't remember exactly what they they call. But basically, they're they're special brand a special brand of the a division of the judges who are basically all Sarkics, and Anderson is the one that heads oh. up that department. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, and they're basically called the Sark judges, mm. and they're the ones who can basically come in and basically. For specific supernatural, you know, uh, anything uh, to do with that situations, or if they just need, or if a perp just doesn't want to let up, they can just call up one of the psych judges to come and read their minds. I think that's a useful asset to have because, yeah. like in that in that um, sort of dystopia, they're very overwhelmed. They even yeah. say so. Like yeah, we the, only the respond judges, to the judges. Yeah, exactly. The judges are. She said the, the chief justice says the judges are. We're losing this war, and we need we need something something to be on the, to keep us on to keep us uh, on top so uh and then there's a bit where she's like reading his reading where she says like you know when she asks addison to like you know use her powers and then she says like you know what can you tell me about the about the officer that's with me and then she goes on about like you know i can i, I can feel a lot of control but behind that control i can feel a lot of rage and then just before she could like you know could really get into it like the chief justice cuts her off but yeah, so that sort of plays into the fact that Judge mm. Dredd, he has a lot of rage inside him. He does, he really does. That's yeah. what I, and he plays it well, because he talks, you can see he always has that, like, mean, salty face. Yeah. And I like that, I appreciate always it. Always has a resting bitch face. He always has, dude. Like, he even, he even forces it. He doesn't look like he forces it, but he comes across like that. Like, he's just, he always wants to be angry. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But basically, anyway, so, so she says, basically, just, uh, I want you to take her out with you, with you a day a day in the life of a judge throw in the deep end and basically assess her mm. so so judge Dredd takes her and then obviously as they're walking he's busy telling her all the rules like basically like you know like uh 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 uh, 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 uh a direct order from your commanding officer is an automatic fail losing your gun or having to take it away from you is an automatic fail he's basically going through all, all the things that he says you know are you ready and then she says yeah i'm ready and, like he sort of looks at it and says your assessment starts now but um, but yeah. So anyway, so uh, continuing on from where we left off, um, basically uh, 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 we then uh, uh, you know Judge Dredd's you know he's walking with Anderson, he's giving her all the you know do this automatic fail, do this automatic fail. It's like a driving test, basically. <laughs> you know, you make you dude. I was there. Oh, I hated it. Yeah, because when we were going to that scene, I was like sitting there with you know, and I hadn't mentioned anything, but I was going like, yeah, this is Kevin when he was trying to get his driver's license. Dude, it's like, oh, this is an automatic fail. If you roll, it's an automatic fail. If you don't check your mirrors at this point, it's an automatic fail. And I'm just like, <laughs> you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's very funny. But anyway, so we cut to Peach Streets, and Peach Streets is one of the uh, big. Mega block, mega block skyscraper apartment buildings. They're basically yeah. like these mega skyscraper, like like I said, apartment block buildings. And Peach, then sorry, sorry. Kind of like these like these like little like um communities and everything like that. And it's two hundred levels of it's like a people. lot of people. It's man. a lot of people basically. Um, Peach trees is like a um, it's such an ironic name. Yeah. Because it's it's definitely not peachy, nor is it paradise. Oh, I remember it's playing into the capitalism of like, oh, we come to peach trees. True, it's, true. It's such a nice place. For sure. And it definitely is. And I can imagine the first 10 stories of that place is like just malls. Yeah. Or like shops. Yeah, basically. Because oh, that place is packed. There's so many people, dude. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so... Um, 
So anyway, so so we cut to Beach Streets, and then this is obviously where we are. Where our main antagonist is revealed, Mama, and she's in the she's in the bathtub having a bath. Um, but she's obviously, but, but she's, but she's like drugged out in slow-mo. So obviously like, you know, she like raises her hand through the water and like the water drips and like, it's all in slow motion. It's really cool. Dude. Yeah. And I think, uh, just to stop for a second, I think that's what I like about this movie is that this movie uses, cause the thing is, uh, slow-mo is cool in movies, but I think people are kind of sick and tired of slow-mo now. They're just like, oh, just stop with the slow-mo. Mm. Like it was cool back in like 2006, but nobody cares anymore. <laughs> Because basically, like, 300 was the movie that kind of, like, started into the whole slow-mo, slow-mo thing. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, like, there's actual story element for it. It actually has a purpose in the film. Mm. Like, it uh, definitely is more than just looking cool or being visually impressive. It has a real function. Yeah. It's basically to give you their <coughs> their perspective. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But, yeah, but anyway, so her, hench- her main henchman guy, he calls her. And then, basically, they find these, like, enemy gang members over a turf issue. <coughs> And then they say, like, you know, like, you know, these guys, like, you know, got jumped and everything like that. And she's like, can't you deal with it yourself? And then it's just like, just like, yeah, but don't you want to make an example of them? And it's like, okay, fine. Toss them out the window and uh, slow-mo them first. So that, you know, when they're falling, it's like a very long way down. And skin them. Yeah, and skin them, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very, yeah, yeah, it's a very, it's a very ironic, de- ironic thing that's going to come into play later. It is. And uh, Mama is played by another than Lena Headley, who's a very famous actress. Very and, famous for yeah, Cersei. Cersei from Game of Thrones, pretty mm-hmm. awesome. I love her as an actress. She yeah, destroys she this role. Yeah, she, she, she's really good in this role. She's, she's, um... I don't want to say destined. That's incredibly stupid. I thought of destined, but she's very well suited to being a bad guy. Yeah, she just has that sort of demeanor. Yeah, she's is... very good at playing bad guys. Mm, she's very talented as an actress. She is very talented. Sorry, I didn't mean to just no, no, hop fine. in there. That's no, fine. I saw you have a point, so I just wanted to give you the space to just mention it. Mm. But um, but yeah, but so anyway, so Lena Headley. Um, uh, or Mama, she basically like drops these guys. They fall down, fall down to the bottom when people when people are busy shopping. There's a mom with a trolley, and then she's trying to like get out of the way. Yeah, so the bodies don't hit her. Hailstones. Anyway, that gets the judge's attention, and then obviously uh, Dread is there with Anderson, and they're getting on their bikes, and then it's basically just like basically just like um, uh, you know, this is uh, the, the you know, this is Mega City One, you know, uh, something like nine hundred crowd. What does he say? Like he says, like a civic number of crimes, or like a thousand cri- thousands of crimes are reported a day. When you respond to about six percent. Yeah, I think he says seventeen thousand a day. Seventeen thousand a day. And something per minute. A week in, uh, per minute, and we can respond to only six percent. Mm. I think he says, says twelve major crimes per minute. I could 12, be wrong. Twelve major crimes per minute. I can't remember the exact figure. I just remember the six percent. Yeah. That I remember. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so. Um, so Anderson says, okay, well, where are we going? He's like, your show, rookie, you tell me. And then she picks Peach Streets and is like, okay, we'll take Peach Streets. So they head over to Peach Streets. There's obviously, they go to the crime scene. Well, actually, before they enter the crime scene, uh, uh, they have a bit of an exchange. First, they're busy. They walk into, um, they're walking through the, the through the main door. And they see like there's, there's a hobo vagrant sitting there by the door. And then Judge Dredd says like, you know, like, you know, like Anderson, judgment. And then, and then she says, you know, three weeks in the Asa cubes or whatever. And he says, you know, he says, he says, yeah, don't be here when we get back. And he, he like walks off. And then later when he come, when they come back out, they see the guys still there. He's like, hey, I gave you a chance. Okay. You're going to the Asa cubes. True, true. <clears throat> then he gets raked. <clears throat> yeah. And that's actually, 
Um, that's actually the little parallel that I wanted to uh, that I mentioned earlier that I wanted to mention because the Nazi because obviously I mentioned earlier that Judge Dredd is very to the book, mm. right? But yeah, uh, but in this version he's harsh, but he's also fair. Mm. You know, like he knows that this guy's like probably like homeless. He doesn't have anyone that's taking care of him. He's probably like you know it's probably been days since his last meal. So he's like you know okay fine I'm giving you a chance like you know don't be here when I get back. Yeah, but, and it's uh, not a hard request. It's not a hard request. It's just like, you know, just move and just you know, get out of here. Don't be here when I get back and everything. Mm. But obviously when he gets back and the guy's still sitting there, he's like, okay, no, you, I gave you a chance. You know? <laughs> yeah, no. And he can't really fault Dread for, for that because it's just like I gave it, he gave the guy a chance. Mm, for sure. What's yeah. an ISO cube? Is that like a holding cell that they use? It's, it's the like world? a futuristic prison cell. It's like this cube type thing. Like, they get shrunk down. Just, uh, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's basically like this, like, futuristic cube cell type thing they use. Uh, obviously, yeah. I, I don't know what it's what they actually would look like in this in this universe, but, mm. yeah. yeah. But um, it's from the comics. It's from the comics, yeah. Oh, okay. But anyway, the parallel I wanted to draw was that what people didn't... Uh, what so some people... Because I was watching this review of the two different Judge Dredd films the other day, and they were mentioning that, like, you know, what they didn't like about Stallone's Dredd was that he was kind of to the book, but kind of too much to the book. Mm, like, like, like unreasonable like he was unreasonable in the sense like you know like people like there's this one funny scene obviously it was played up for comedy but there's like this one scene where there's this guy with like the sports car he's obviously like this rich 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 um dude yeah you know, rich dude who's like you know kind of like trying to cheat the system and like his car's parked right and then judge dread's like okay buddy you're not responsible uh, you know you you know uh, uh uh you're gonna get some judgment so he go he takes his gun he goes into uh, like a uh, hot shot or whatever which is like his rocket lord, lord mini rocket lord and he just blows up the guy's car and it's like obviously played up for comedy to kind of say like oh you know my mm-hmm. car and everything but it's also kind of just like uh dread? that was excessive that's dude. an excessive dread yeah like, i get that and then like at one point he like he finds a guy um, the, you know, because the, the one ca- character in the movie played by Rob Schneider is a very famous co- comedy comedian actor. He, uh, he he's going to he just got out of prison. He goes to this mega city block, obviously to find his apartment, and he gets kind of stuck in this like block wall. Like he gets kind of like captured by these guys. He kind of gets like he, he, you know he gets mixed up with these gangsters, but it's a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Like it's not he's not actually with them. He's not trying to do crime or anything. He's just. He just gets, you know, he's at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm, that makes sense. And then he's hiding underneath the scene. Then Judge Dredd finds him. And then uh, he says to Judge Dredd, like, look, no, man, look, look, I just got out of prison. I'm not looking for any trouble. I got mixed up in the thing. I was, uh, I couldn't find my apartments and everything. And you can tell, like, the guy, you can tell he's telling the truth. But Judge Dredd's basically just like, nope, you were with these gangsters, uh, uh, gangsters. Three years in the ISO cubes. Oof. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, like, I that's, mean, that's not right. They did, they did it purposely because they're trying to show that Judge Dredd's kind of a bit too harsh. Mm. And then that's kind of the lesson that he learns that, okay, no, not everybody, you know, you know, you need to, like, you know, not every situation is so black and white. You need to, like, look at look at the situation a bit differently. Mm. And he needs to learn, and he learns a bit of uh, sort of a lesson about ethics and everything like that. Okay. So, obviously, it was purposeful. They purposely did that in the movie. But, uh, uh, but obviously, to a lot of people watching, that rubs them the wrong way. Kind of mm. goes like, you know, geez, Dredd. Yeah, calm and then, yourself. And then when people see this version of Judge Dredd, they're like, okay, this version's a bit better. Because, yeah, he is harsh, but at the same time, he's fair. Mm. He's, he's fair. fair. To, he's fair, and he's, he's willing to look at a situation and go, okay, no, I'll give this, I'm giving you a chance to, like, you know, get away and everything like that. Mm. Makes sense, of course. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, so that's a, that's a long tangent. Um, <laughs> I'm curious, because I haven't seen that movie. But, yeah. But anyway, uh, we definitely need to do the 975 Judge Dredd at some point. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. And add it to the list. Add it to the list. 
but yeah, but so anyway, so they go to the crime scene. They, uh, they, uh, 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 the guys are covered up in blanket, and then at one point, Joe Dredd things, and like the guy's head's just completely mushed. It's like the all over the floor and everything. <laughs> it's mushed because obviously he fell like two hundred stories yeah, to no. the ground. So he's obviously like you know just a puddle. Oh. <laughs> I wonder what speed they pick up because like speed? momentum from oh. that fall. Probably like a very. It must very be a hectic speed. speed Mach one. Okay, not that fast, but still. But yeah, basically, because yeah. it's a kilometer above ground. Yeah, that's a heck of a fall. I'm sure someone can do the math and probably has, but I I definitely can't give you a rough estimate. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just curious about it. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, so Judge Dredd looks at the guy's teeth and he knows that okay, this is a slow mo inhaler, so it's clearly a drug drug issue. And then Anderson doesn't know the, what slow-mo is, so the, the medical examiner there, like, explains it to her and everything. And then um, they kind of, um, they go with the medical examiner, and then he sort of explains to them, like, yeah, this uh, 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 this entire block is run by one one gang leader, and that's Mama. And we sort of give Mama's backstory and everything, how she was just, like, you know, pro- she used to be a hooker in, like, the Red Light District. And then one day her pimp, like, obviously, like, you know, cut her up because obviously she's got scars on her face. So that's obviously what happened to her. And then after that, she was kind of like, okay, no, I'm done. And then she she, she killed her, her pimp, took over his business interests, and then basically she started at level 200 and basically just worked, worked her way down. down. Took and over then, everything. So eventually the whole block is basically her. She, mm. she, she takes out all the gang, all the enemy gangs. She got, there were three gangs. There was yeah, the Judged the, and then the Black Dragons or Red Dragons, something like that. The and Black then, Dragons and then there was another one. One more, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, me and my dad quite really like the judged because the judged have like these. They have, like, they have the tattoos. They have like these mock leather jackets. They have like they like paint. They like um, paint their faces to obviously have the judge dread mask. Mm. And me and my dad actually like that because that that sort of runs us of the the one Batman Batman all the Dark Knight Returns where there's this uh, mutant leader and he's got like this mutant gang or whatever that like that like obviously he's like terrorizing the city and that's what brings Batman out of retirement to stop him and then when he stops because he beats up the mutant leader and he does it right in front of the in front of where all the gang can see him and then they see that they is humiliated and everything but then after that they become inspired by Batman and then they become this, this new gang called the Sons of Batman and they're no longer they're no longer they're not like a gang gang they're like a vigil like a gang of vigilantes basically and then he sort okay. of like trains them and they sort of become like he's like sort of his army that's that very cool thing. that's interesting never so, knew of a storyline like that yeah there's actually an animated uh, adaption of it that i think we should do one day as well a movie or like an episode of this there's series a, no no animated adaption it's like a part one and part two because it's a very dense graphic novel. Oh, okay. So it is a movie. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it's not yeah, an episode yeah, from yeah, the series. Yeah, yeah. It's two. It's like a two-part film series. Okay. Should definitely get to that then. Yeah, definitely. It can be an extra. <laughs> definitely. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. But so anyway, so um, uh, they find out that Mama's there and they're like, the, the, they track the perps to level 39. So like, okay, cool. We're going to go there and find where the perps are obviously in the vicinity. And then, yeah, then basically they... Uh, 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 there's basically this one like apartment which is basically like a drug room where they basically sell the slow-mo and everything like that and there's people there getting high and people like a whole bunch of guys with guns and everything typical crack den yeah <clears throat> typical crack den uh, Judge Dredd and uh, 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 Anderson storm in 
storm in, they blow the door, they blow the door open, and most of the people in there are like all drugged up on like slow mo and everything. So, so they take these people out, and it's all like in slow motion. Like they shoot the guy, the one guy gets shot in the chest, and like there's the ripple effect. There's the one guy who gets shot like the through, through the mouth, and like the blood like pours out. It's very very cool. It's very cool, man. I dig this style. Yeah. <laughs> it is very very cool. At least as you said earlier, it's purposeful. Yeah, it's purposeful. Mm. And also the thing is, it's kind of also, but you also kind of there's that shot where you get that. Close up of Anderson's face and she kind of sees how rough it is in the city because for Judge Dredd this is just this is just a regular Tuesday night <laughs> but for but for Anderson she's going like whoa okay that's bad this is this is this is like really intense mm. um uh anyway and then um uh uh that they they take that dude hostage they take that one guy hostage and that one guy he's one of he's one of Mama's lieutenants yeah I was gonna say he's like a lieutenant type dude he's he basically he uh enforces the the normal soldiers yeah he forces one of the soldiers and then he obviously like you know when he gets captured and they're taking him out the room he makes sure to look up at the camera so that there's that there's this one hacker guy that like you know this hacker oh prisoner, yeah him prisoner dude who um mama obviously is controlling he obviously is looking at the cameras and he sees that oh shit, you know they got him they got him and then that's what informed that's what when mama's like okay shit, i can't you know, we can't, we can't have him be taken into interrogation because we can't afford to find, uh, the judges find out what he knows about our operation and everything like that. True, because um, basically slow-mo is, is produced there and yeah. distributed from there. So if they wipe out the hub there, then, you know, slow-mo is off the streets, basically. Yeah. At least for a while until some idiot makes it again. Yeah, basically. Um, and yeah, it's a very interesting thing. And then also a little uh, interesting bit earlier that I wanted to talk about, but the camera got cut off was, oh. uh, before, as they're busy going into the mega, the, the mega city block, uh, judge dread is talking to the, they have this back and forth and he's saying like, you know, why do you want to be a judge? And she says like, you know, I want to like protect and serve and everything like that. But then she gives us like kind of this thing of like, you know, that, you know, not everybody in mega city one is like a criminal. There are a lot of good families here that are just trying to get by people just, you know, just going day to day everything like that and she wants to she wants to help like the little man basically mm. she wants to help those people and everything like that and then judge dread like dread even like says to her like oh you know that's very noble mm. yeah it you is know? true because um being surrounded by so much death and crime you tend to forget i'd, Im I'd imagine you tend to forget that there are normal good people you know right next door just trying to get through life so the fact that she sort of brings him back to that reality like hey not everyone is a crook you know yeah it's very good yeah it is she's very basically good. becomes his moral compass <clears throat> yeah she does sort of become judge mm. judge dreads moral compass but mm. yeah so anyway so basically mama's like uh uh they shoot up the they shoot up the um the like up the like operating room where obviously the, where the, the guys obviously operate the the building and everything like that because the building has been built to basically withstand nuclear attack there's got these like nuclear blast shields and everything. So they basically put down all the blast shields and the the, the, the buildings are complete lockdown. Nobody's getting in or out. And then Mama comes on the intercom and basically is just like basically just like yeah until those judge until those judges judges are dead I'm not uh, uh, nobody enters or leaves without my say so. Mm. And then basically like everybody and then most of the people um uh, uh, uh get roped in to try and kill the judges even just like everyday people because they're basically just like like no look I, I don't want to sit here with this blast shields on for like the next two weeks or whatever like you know like uh, uh, i want the doors open so mm. a lot of people come in with their guns and everything like that because almost everyone owns a gun and uh yeah so 
Yeah, and basically from there, then that's basically what sets off the first act, essentially. It pretty much and closes then, it off. Yeah, and then Judge and then Dredd and Anderson are basically trying to, they're trying to get through this building, uh, uh, going going covert and everything, while almost the entire block is trying to kill them. And also while trying to keep this like prisoner alive, because, mm. they, because they need him. They need him. They need to know. They need the information that he has, basically. And he refuses to talk, so they kind of endure his b- for a while. They keep him along. Sorry. Yeah, there's even that bit where yeah, because how they know that he's him is that Anderson, when she's handcuffing him, she reads his mind and knows that like it's him and everything. And then she's like, you know, like you know, sir, it's him. And he's like, you know, I'll show you nine nine percent. He's like, oh, we can't execute a purple nine nine percent. And like he goes all up on the guys like. Save me a lot of paperwork if you just uh, confess now. He's like, obviously not going to confess. Like, we'll see how you ha- handle a few hours of interrogation. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Feel bad for that dude. Well, I don't actually. He's kind of a. Yeah. That 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 lieutenant guy. Yeah, but anyway, so basically they're busy hiding, and then they get behind. Uh, they're in this like sort of like this open area where the medical center is. And they're hiding behind this. They're hiding behind like in this like like this like little like you know storage room or whatever. And then um, and then a bunch of guys are getting up. And then we also made a joke about there's a one fat there's a one like fat boldly guy who's obviously the who's obviously the leader. And we said like, you know he's like discount penguin. And we said penguin. It's penguin, yeah. <laughs> low low budget penguin. Yeah. yeah, they were in the access corridor. Yeah, the access corridor. Yeah, mm. sorry. And then they had that that. Uh, sort of brief where he's like hey you can surrender now but they don't and you know Pongwin and his group his groupies they get wrecked but then that's also when they come back to that um medical officer yeah that basically initially uh, sectioned off the the ground floor where the bodies landed mm. Mm. And he has that discussion was like well you know we need so, some sort of base of operation that we can defend us. defend sort of uh hold up until backup arrives and then uh he's like well no you're dead already you know there is no there is no choosing sides here i like yeah. that interaction and he's basically just like this is a medical this is a medical facility i can't afford this medical facility to get sh- shot up and blown up and shot up and blown up and everything mm-hmm. so they're basically on their own and there's Ow. even that there's also that little moment where they shoot everybody in the they shoot everybody in the um they shoot it obviously because they they throw out a stun grenade. And then Judge Dredd does the classic RoboCop line of like, you know, you have twenty seconds to comply. Yeah, dude, I was thinking I had such RoboCop vibes from that. I was like, oh goodness, here we go. Yeah, yeah, and then um, uh, anyway, they shoot up these guys, and then there's one guy that's left, and then Anderson's got a gun on him, but she sort of hesitates, and then and then Dredd is basically just like, you know, like you know, what's the holdup, Anderson? He tried to uh, mur- murder a judge. The sentence is death. And then she likes like yes, sir, and she like shoots him. Oh yeah, shame the family man. Yeah, because mm. and the thing is that actually, and again, that's what I really like about the script. It's just it's so well connected. Because you first you think that okay, yeah, it's just some random dude, but then later you find out that, that no, that guy actually was a husband. And because later they go hide in an apartment of this woman who has a baby, and then that's basically the, uh, uh, his that's family. His, yeah, his wife and kid, mm. and he basically, and that's also kind of why he went out to go kill the judges because he's like, no, I, I need to do this for my family and everything mm, like that, just to get back to normality, just to get back to normality and everything like that. Mm, it's true. It's a, it's a bit of a, um, like a harsh reality for Anderson to suddenly face. Yeah, because um, 
they go hiding there, and then, and then she finds out that oh shit, I'm the one who actually shot her husband. Mm, as as you said early, not ev- earlier, not everything is as simple as black and white. Because yeah. he was he was in the wrong at that point, but he was still a good guy that she killed. Yeah. So he was a he was a he was a, a bad guy, but it was but, but he wasn't a bad person. He was doing it for he was doing it for noble reasons. Mm, exactly, just yeah. for the security of his family, which no one can like bash him for. Yeah, exactly. But you know, he's in the ground now, and she's like, "Well, you won't see us again." And she's like, "Don't thank us." <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah. So anyway, so so they continue on. They're basically busy, like you know, uh, they're going from corridor to corridor. Then they're basically they're just picking off these guys one by one, and they're mm. not taking a scratch. Sort of like clearing like, floors, yeah. yeah. And there's this one book where they're on the stairwell, and then like you know, um, uh, there's these guys coming down the stairwell to obviously kill them. And then like you know, Dread is still he he said he's like with Anderson, like you're still on assessment. So he says to like you know Anderson, like you know, like you know, there's guys coming to kill us. What do we do? Like he's saying, he's he's always making sure that she's on the that she's paying attention and that she's um he's he's using the even though they're in a life or death situation, he still uses this as as, as her training assessment basically. Mm. And then she says, okay, no, ga- use gas grenades and use gas grenades, and they obviously like wipe they obviously like knock out these guys, but then also at the same time wipe them out and everything like that. Eliminate the threat. Eliminate the threat essentially. And uh, and uh, yeah, it's just pretty cool. And then that's when the hacker guy. He basically like starts. He calls mum and he basically says like, "Look, you know these guys. They've they've taken out like thirty plus of our guys, and they haven't taken a single scratch. So so, so they have to start like you know raising it. And that's also cool because the thing is because mama base essentially has override. She has control of the whole building. They use that sort of as a way to sort of increase the tension slowly. Yeah, sort gradually, of raise, gradually raise the stakes. Because mm. then basically what she does is that she brings down. She brings down the. The, um, the 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 security doors so they can't so they're stuck on this one level and then basically she says okay we'll go get the machine gun turret so then uh, Dread basically like uh, he leaves Anderson and like says to her, like you know uh, he, he leaves her to look after the, pris- the prisoner and then she says like you know if they if they get to you and you've got no bullets left like you know save the last bullet for yourself just mm. just just a recommendation because um, yeah no if she if she was ever captured she would not survive yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't go out, you know, peacefully. That's for no. sure. Yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, uh, Dread goes off to go to go scope scope out what's happening, and then uh, Mama's got this whole uh, basically got this. Uh, she's on this one side of the block, and she's basically got these these gap these massive Gatling gun turrets. She's basically just like basically just like fires, and then like you know basically just annihilates an entire block. Cheese grates it. And yeah, no, and every, regardless of who's there. Everybody who's in that block is basically dead. Even if you hide in your apartment, you're dead. Basically, Judge Dredd yeah, and Anderson escape by the nick of their teeth. Uh, because they're busy, like, you know, like eventually Judge Dredd's like running past, running to avoid these bullets. Eventually, he's crawling on the floor, trying to avoid it. And then uh, they shoot a hole. Uh, they shoot a hole in the wall. He sees the light, so he goes, like, you know, high X and he blows up a hole. And then they basically, like, you know, jump, fall out into this. Um, it's sort of like this little, like, um, this, like, sort of piece of, the sort of, like, playground area that, like, sticks outside the building. Oh, yeah, with the skate ramp. Uh, and there's a, the, the, it's like a skateboard area where all the teenagers basically are. Mingle. M- mingle and everything like that. And then mm-hmm. they basically come, they basically get there. And then, uh, because before they can't call for backup because the, because the, the building is blocking their comms. But obviously now that they're outside, they can call for, call for backup. Mm-hmm. So obviously backup's inbound, but now obviously they can't stay there. Uh, they can't say that because they'll get overwhelmed. So they have to, they have to just keep on, keep on moving, pushing, mm-hmm. keep pushing everything. And then that's when they 
that's when they um, when they uh, interrogate. Uh, well, 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 obviously at first, at first, Mama sends her sends her sends her goons in to go, and her main lieutenant guard to like go in and find the body. And they basically said like, you know, we're not we're not leaving until we find the body or like at least a part of it or whatever. And then uh, and then Judge Dredd like sneaks up on them, and then we just we hear a few gunshots. We hear one or two gunshots, and then and then suddenly we just see Judge Dredd. He comes out of the smoke. And he just throws the guy like off the building, the her head lieutenant off the building. Oh yeah, sure, that guy. Shame. Oh man, yeah. it was nice knowing him. Yeah, like throw, throws him off the building. Mama, like you know, is like shocked, and then she when she looks back, she doesn't. Judge Dredd's just like walking back into the smoke. And he just disappears. Like it's vanished. So, it's so cool. It's like a specter. <laughs> just the cinematography and just everything. Like it's just so awesome. Oof, definitely, definitely. Now this movie is commendable for what they did they worked so well with the source material exactly and they they had a very consistent tone the whole film it never yeah. feels anything ever feels like out of place there's not, there's, no, there's no like there, I mean, okay there is humor there are some like rant, some like small jokes here and there but it's not like it's not like overpowering it's not at the point where it's just like you know they just had a scene there's just a serious scene and then they suddenly cut to you know the marvel thing of like cut to joke yeah yeah exactly I get you. I get you. That makes sense. Oof. Sorry, I'm trying to recall the story. Yeah, I know. Don't worry. This is a, this is a, this is a very long episode, but I want it to be a long episode. No, that's so, fine. I, I'm, I'm enjoying just listening to you. I'm just trying to keep up with you. Yeah, because it's a meaty episode. But, um, but yeah, basically, so, uh, so yeah, we continue from there. And then uh, 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 Dread obviously, like, you know, takes the guy and, like, interrogates him. Because, obviously, Dread. this is when the rage, when Dread's, like, real rage, like, comes out. Because he's just like, you know, like, you know, uh, your boss just murdered an entire city, an entire city block just to kill two judges. Seemed like overkill to you? And like, he's interrogating, he's also like, he's gonna freaking kill this guy. And then Anderson's basically just like, sir, like, you know, if you leave it to me, he doesn't even have to talk. Mm. And then we get the whole bit of, because like, you know, uh, uh, when, when Anderson and him were alone, this like lieutenant guy, he was trying to get inside Anderson's head and like kind of mess with her. I like uh, that scene when they're in his like subconscious, the yeah. sort of, a uh, visual choice of having everything a little bit overexposed, yeah. and then the sudden uh, like transition. She's getting guns, and then suddenly he's un like his handcuffs are no longer there. Those that sort of back and forth fight they have in his yeah. in his subconscious is very well done. Yeah, I he like knows that. about how my messed up head is going to beat your messed up head and everything, and then like you know she turns the tables on him and then basically just tortures the hell out of this guy beats him beats him at his own game and she gets all the information out of him and that's when we find out that uh mama basically is the sole like you know manufacturer and distributor of slow-mo and that um uh uh, uh if we take out this if we take out our operations yeah the slow-mo drug is basically gone and everything that's mm, what i was saying earlier basically yeah yeah and uh yeah so yeah and you you like this interrogation scene I do. I really liked it. As I said, because of the back and forth where he thinks he can he can outsmart her and she constantly counters him in his at his own game until yeah. she wins. Yeah. I thought it was very clever. Because he's trying to get into her head with like abusing her and stuff like that. And then and then she just she initially she's kind of shocked by it, but she she plays his like she beats him at his own game. Yeah, exactly. In the end, and I'm like, yeah, nice, well yeah. done, Anderson. She didn't yeah. lie down and take it. Yeah, exactly. Because the two of them have sort of like a little bit of like a a little bit of like an antagonist and protagonist type thing situation going on. Because then later, when Anderson gets captured, he like has her gun and he says like, oh, you know, I always wanted one of these and everything, and he's like gonna gonna basically shoot her. But then obviously from the comic books, 
the, 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 he tries to use the gun, but the Adi, but the Adi check fails. And then the gun basically blows up and blows his entire hand off. Mm, and then that's when a... she basically like, you know, like. That's it. it. Yeah, that's basically when she ends him, basically. Mm, it reminds me of Fast and Furious uh, presents Hobbs and Shaw. Remember, they have the guns that work with DNA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminds me of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Mm. Yeah. That is from the comic books where basically a lawgiver, um, uh, that's what the gun's called. That's what the judge's weapon is called. It's called lawgiver. The lawgiver is basically, uh, 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 it's DNA, it's DNA programmed to only work with that specific judge. Mm. So, so obviously when they sign up and they, they, they graduate into becoming part of the force, then they get a unique gun assigned to them. Yeah, they get the, they get their own lawgiver. They decide that they basically have two op- three options, run, uh, run hard or, or, or attack. And then, well, Anderson originally says we can either run or hard, mm. but then Dred's basically just like... Um, Why don't we attack? You know, we should just attack and everything. Mm. And then there's that little moment of comedy where... Um, where Anderson's like, you know, I think, you know, we should wait until the odds, you know, um, switch in our favor and everything. And then, like, Dredd kind of just goes quiet, just like, wrong answer. And he's just like, he's just like, you're the psychic. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that as well. I love those little moments of comedy. It's because um, he's blunt. Yeah, he's very blunt. And it's like straight face. That's what makes it funny. Yeah. And there's also this one, uh, there's one funny scene I really like where um, early in the film where they first capture the lieutenant car and they're busy going going down there. They're in the elevator. Then he's in the between them and then, and then they're, they're on either side. And then she reads his mind. is like, you know, sir, he's thinking of going for a gun. And then Dredd's just like, yeah. And it's like, and it's like he just changed his mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says absolutely nothing else. He's he just says, yeah. Says, yeah. And just the tone that he said, just the tone of it, like, uh, you know, like the first, yeah, it's just like, yeah, you can try. And then like after it says, he just changes his mind. Yeah. <laughs> better than yeah. yeah, you better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's, just, it's just those subtle things. Those subtle moments of comedy. They're ingenious because yeah. they're not forced. They're not forced and they're uh, forced and, they're, and they let you, they make you chuckle just a little bit. That's, that's kind of what, like in the first Avengers, when, when they crash that, flying alien thing and then hulk punches thor because they have that that fight between them i love that that's that's kind of unexpected humor that always gets me yeah the avengers the avengers i think out of all the marvel movies avengers has probably some of the the first avengers has probably some of the best humor in the marvel movies Mm, for sure yeah it's definitely uh something you can argue definitely yeah Yeah, definitely but just that kind of moment you (laughs) see that that sort of stuff you don't expect that always gets me laughing yeah anyway i went off sorry yeah but so anyway, so um, uh, basically they decide to attack, attack or hard. They go to the they go to like uh, the PDA system because they need to look for a map because they want to try and get to uh, up to level two hundred. And then there's these kids. There's these two kids there that are like that are like hiding, but like they got they they got guns and everything. And they're obviously you know trying to because they obviously want this like lockdown to end as well. So they want to basically go and. Uh, uh, kill the judges or whatever so then um, uh, they go to the PDA system and these kids come up with their guns and they say like you know um, you know, but, but you can tell like they've never done this before because they're like yeah, they're, they're kind of shaky they're and... very shaky and everything so they say like you know they say like um, uh, 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 basically like you know freeze and then Dread is like you know like you know why should I freeze and it's just like and he sort of tricks them because he says, says like you know or I'll shoot you and he's like with the safety on he's like Safety's not on, and then that gives Dread time to pull up his gun, mm-hmm. and then Dread, like he's sort of like he's cold at the beginning. He's kind of like you know, like um, 
uh, you know, what's it going to be, kids? Also bags or body, also cubes or body bags. It doesn't make a difference to me. And then the lieutenant, he grabs, because uh, obviously him and Anderson and Dredd are distracted. So he gets behind Anderson, like captures her, then they go into the elevator and everything. And then Dredd, um, before obviously he can pull a gun on this guy to try and save Anderson, he obviously first has to deal with the kids. And he go, he doesn't use like lethal force or anything. He uses stun bullets, obviously, to kill them. Mm. Just to kind of show that Dredd, like, you know, okay, yeah, he did that sort of, he, he did do that in the beginning, but I think that was kind of sort of like, you know, scare them away so they wouldn't do anything because obviously he doesn't want to like shoot kids and then yeah. obviously he uses stun on them obviously because he doesn't want to actually like kill kids or anything like mm, that just rather um incapacitate them yeah incapacitate them but yeah then uh, basically the guard gets away with with anderson and then dreads like you know irritated there's that moment where like you know it's a close-up he's just like <sighs> he's just like crying he's just like you know uh What's the word for it? He's just... Um, salty? He's just being salty. Yeah. He's just kind of like, you know, groaning in annoyance. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it's like a slight inconvenience to him. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, a headache for him. He's like, here we go again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has to go rescue her. Anyway, and then he comes on to the PDA system and then he basically gives his... Because Mama gave her speech at the beginning mm-hmm. on the PDA system, but he gives his thing saying, you know, in case you got... In case everyone, all of you forgot... Uh, 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 forgot this is mega city one and you fall under the jurisdiction of the judges you know uh, you know you guys follow the same you guys fall under the same rules as the rest of the, the city mm-hmm. and you know like mama's you know and he, said, he has that line of like you know mama's of the law i am the law <laughs> and the thing is that's actually judge dreads um that's actually judge dreads uh, uh catchphrase catchphrase from the comics is i am the law okay cool so they referenced it nice yeah well done referenced it once in the movie but it's pretty cool <clears throat> Anyway, so he says, so he says, you know, like uh, that. And then um, Mama's hacker guard, they basically use it as a, they basically, uh, they track that he's using this this one Pacific PDA terminal or whatever. It's sort of like, it's sort of like a telephone booth type of thing. It is, yeah. It's basically like a telephone booth. Basically is. And then, and then they say, okay, okay, converge all these guys here. And then they, they come around the thing and they can see somebody's in there. There's like a body in there. And then they, they opened fire, but he's not going down. He's like, you know, the guy's not going down. And then they open the door. Then, like, it's actually Judge Dredd laid a trap for them because it's one of the dead bo- dead gangsters that he killed or whatever. And then he basically, like, you know, he's on the, he's on, he, he's on, on the other side of the other block. And then he basically gets his gun and says, like, you know, uh, flare or whatever, or hot shots or whatever. Mm. And he fires, like, this. He, fi- he basically throws a molly, like, in Left for Dead. Yeah, he does. like, just burns and incinerates all of them. I think it is called incinerate. Yeah, yeah, it's incinerate or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. Incin- oh, no, it's incinerary. Incinerary. Incendiary, yeah. Yeah, he fires He fires one shot and it basically, like, it shoots this, like, fire flare and it basically just sets all these guys ablaze and they all basically die and get cooked. Poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and, then, uh, and then they're just like, you know, they're back in the control and they're like, how the hell are we going to stop this guy? Yeah, they just, think he's, he's Terminator. Like, he's just like, he's Terminator, man. <laughs> he's taking all these cars. So then uh, we we get our final thing that Mama does to try and sort of raise the stakes, where she calls in some corrupt judges. Four judges, initially you think that they're just they're just, they're just the backup, but they turn out to be the corrupt, the corrupt judges because when they go to the crime scene, the medical examiner comes out to talk to them, and then when they, they say to him, like, you know, you prepared to testify to that? He's like, sure. And then they shoot him. And they blast him. Yeah. And then and then uh, uh, the four of them basically say, okay, fine, a million credits to kill these judges. Do you know who he is? And he says, like, no. And then the leader, he's like, you know, I know who he is. And, like, you know, we, we can sort of see that this judge, he's sort of, 
He's obviously he's been on the force for twenty years. He's obviously he's he's worked with Dread before, and he kind of like he kind of despises Judge Dread and kind of takes this as he's not he takes this he takes this opportunity not only as a as a as a as a payday but also like as a as a as a as a like personal type of thing. Mm, so he can finally get rid of him. He can finally get rid of. Dredd. I bet you because um, Judge ju- Judge because Judge Dread is um, probably makes him feel guilty about his corruption or he's just like onto him or he knows he can catch him if he finds out like that he's corrupt and will put him away so um judge dread is like a bit of a thorn in his side and he's very annoyed that like dread is very like to the book and like Mm. i think he also is just annoyed the fact that you know that um that mega city one it has obviously had an effect on dread and he does because obviously he has his rage and everything but at the end of the day, he's always by the book. Like, mm. he, like the law always, the law is always his code of honor that he that he follows by. Mm. And he's never been, he hasn't been corrupted by the system or anything like that. No. How long has Dredd been in that position? They never you, really, they never, you said two or three years. They never really say, well, I think I'm estimating. Yeah, you said early this, years. This is clearly early years and everything. So I'm estimating maybe he's been around for like five, maybe 10 years or something like that. It hasn't yeah. been, but it hasn't been very long for him. And obviously, this is year one for Anderson. Yeah, yeah, it's day one. <laughs> it's day one for Anderson. Um, so yeah, basically, these judges come, and then basically, Judge Dredd now is running out of ammo. Like he's like very low on. Like, he's running out. He's very low on ammo, ammo consumption right now. That's also a good way to raise the stakes, kind of make him that like, he's not invincible, or whatever. Because like yeah, like you know, he's very skilled fighter. He's a skilled marksman and everything. But at the end of the day, you know, he's gonna eventually, eventually, he's gonna run out of ammo. Then he's, then he's kind of like screwed. He's got a problem, exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So he eventually comes uh, into this. Uh, well, at first, he, he first runs into one of the judges, and the judge says, like, you know, like, yeah, you know, we're we're your backup and everything. So relax and everything. And he said, and then Judge Dredd is that bit where he goes two. He's like, he's like two. He's like, he's like, there were two of us called called uh, called in for backup. Um, very curious to know why you didn't why you didn't uh, why you didn't ask about the other one. And then the two of them get into that fight and everything, and then Dread like basically just like you know KOs made fatality. Yeah, guy. he's gone. He's in the ground. Now they have nice fights between the judges because they're obviously on sort of oh, the same equal level. equal skill levels. Yeah. So the the way they have to outsmart each other is is definitely a, a bit of a refresher compared to just wrecking these yeah, these, are, uh, these, no, these noobs. <laughs> basically, you know, the, the gang members, they're just like, they're just like, you know... Cannon fodder. They're just the cannon fodder enemies, but the judges, they're the boss fights. Yeah, they're the, they're the lieutenants before the boss fights. <laughs> yeah, well, they're like, the, the, they're the mini-bosses. The mini-bosses, yep. You have to get through, yeah. Totally. So, basically, Dread takes out the one guy, and then he eventually gets to this, uh, this uh, 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 the, the, like, sort of like the... the, the, the room the area where they where they manufacture the drugs and mm. then they sort of get into a shootout and then like he you know he's like sort of a, a, a there's two judges because there's the one female judge but she's with mama she's staying with mama mama at the moment and then she goes after anderson but then anderson is able to like outsmart her and kill her but anyway there's two judges there's two judges that are coming after dread one one's got this big ass shotgun the other one's obviously the main guy and then, uh, uh, you know, he tells the shotgun guy to, like, sort of go around the corner while he distracts Dredd. Sort of uh, and then, buffalo horn him. Yeah. And then him and Dredd sort of had this back and forth where he says, you know, like, how much is it? How, what's the price on a judge these days? He says a million. And then Dredd is, like, you know, going on about, like, you know, doesn't seem like much to betray the law and everything like that. And then, um, yeah, and then he goes on, the guy goes on a speech of sort of, like, you know, that Mega City 1 is just this meat grinder. 
and that you know uh you know uh, people go in the one end meat comes out the other we just turn the handle and all that type of stuff sort of metaphor yeah yeah and then anyway, they get into a shootout. Eventually, Dredd is able to... Uh, he's eventually gets stuck in a corner and he's like, he's going through all of his bullets, but like it keeps saying empty, empty on everything. Like he goes like, you know, rapid fire, empty, uh, uh, incinerary, empty and everything. Eventually, he gets to high X. He's like, okay, shit, this is the last bullet I've got. So like he flips around the corner, like he shoots the, the one judge in the head and blows his head, completely blows his head up. Yeah, shame, that poor piece of meat. Yeah. Anyway, and now he's out of bullets, and then basically he's like, you know, like, you know, two, two way split now. And the guy's like, you know, yeah, I'll be breaking a sweat if you didn't just run out of bullets. Anyway. Um, I like that line. Yeah, he's like, he knows, he knows. Yeah, exactly. How he knows, I don't know, but he knows. Well, he probably heard Dredd, because remember Dredd, because to call up the ammo types, you have to speak into the gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. So obviously he heard him, because he, like, he heard him, he heard, obviously, he overheard him talking to his gun, obviously find out that he's running out of ammo and everything like that. So anyway, so eventually Dredd gets behind a behind a, a wall, but then the the the, the, the enemy judge he uses armor piercing is able to and he's able to get a shot off on Dredd, and then Dredd falls to the ground and then like you know it's about to like take him and then Dredd's like you know wait and then he sort of goes on this whole speech like it really bug bugs him he says like you know wait you judge Dredd the judge Dredd finally gets on the wrong end of a gun and he says wait and he's like wait for what wait for me to change my mind wait for give yourself you know a few more laughs because you're so pathetic and all he goes this whole speech and then dread's just like no and then like you know anderson shoots him he's like wait for her to shoot you <laughs> just get out the way yeah, yeah somehow he knew anderson would be there in time i, I, I think he spot he clearly spotted anderson he must have seen her through. yeah and then he uh, uh, and then he think but i think obviously because normally in those types of scenes where, like, you know, there's another person that's obviously going to sneak up with a bad guy, usually they show that they're sneaking, so that obviously the, the person who's on the run end of the gun is basically trying to distract them while, until it happens. Mm-hmm. But with this scene, but with this film, they don't show Anderson. Like, Anderson comes out and picks out the blue. Mm. So I'm uh, logically... Um, Judge Dredd probably saw her, but just we as the audience didn't. Yeah. So we were also like, "What do? What are we waiting for?" Because I remember when my dad first watched that, watched the movie. He he didn't understand. He didn't understand that scene. He's like, "Why did he say like wait?" Like he didn't really get it. But I, I think it's really really well done. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it is a minor issue. It's not something to really riot about, is yeah, it? Yeah, so. definitely. So anyway, so basically, uh, 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 they're ready to stall Mama. Judge Dredd, obviously, obviously from all the dead judges that are around, he's able to collect, he's able to, you know, do the thing in video games where you collect all the ammo of the dead enemies. <laughs> Just refuel. Yeah, he refuels all of his ammo. And then, yeah, basically, they're going for their final their final stretch. They're, they're, it's like a Doom level, basically. They're going through this, this compound level. All these guys keep showing up. They just keep popping them one by one. Mm-hmm. All that type of stuff. Eventually, they get to the server room where this hacker guy is, and then they go into the hacker room, and he's hiding. And then they find him, and he's like screeching like a little girl, like Jesus. Dude. Yeah, he is very wimpy, isn't he's he? He's very wimpy. But anyway, he says like, you know, I can give you the combination and everything. And then Anderson sort of is like, she's sort of in this like, she's sort of like, sort of starting to turn to how Dread is, where he's like, she's becoming very cold and everything. Because she says, like, you know, like, he says, I can give you the combination. She's like, you know, I don't need, we don't need you to give us the combination. She, like, reads his mind. But then she sees what Mama did to him. And obviously that he's been manipulating everything. And that's kind of what sort of brings her back down to earth. And she basically is like, she says, like, you know, like, oh, she lets him go. Mm. And then Dredd obviously is like, Paul, he's just like, you know, like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, geez, he's an accessory to this crime. Like, you know, he, 
he needs to be arrested and everything. And he just says like, you know, that look, I already, I already failed this test when I, when I, when I, lost, I lost my weapon. When I lost my primary weapon, I'm not going to be a judge. But until that, until my assessment's over, I'm allowed to dispense ju- judgment how I, how I see it. Mm. So, and then that's kind of when Dredge sort of gets his respect for her. Mm, yeah, he's like, you know what? You told me off, which is yeah. admirable. Yeah, admirable, exactly. And then anyway, then they basically stole Mama's thing. They shoot the guys, but then Mama gets off uh, the one of Mama's goons. He gets uh, he gets a shot off on Anderson, so Anderson's knocked out. And then Dredge and Mama have this exchange where she's got this like this bomb detonator attached to her wrist, and it's basically like you know it's linked up to her heartbeat. So if her heartbeat stops. Uh, the the uh, 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 the the entire block blows up or whatever. The top fifty stories. The top yeah. fifty stories and everything. And she says, you know, like you know, I knew I was going to get caught one day. It comes with the territory, and you can't take that risk and everything. But then Dredd is just dead set. It's just like this is not a negotiation. The sentence is death. Mm-hmm. So he shoots her. He uh, he eventually makes a judgment call. And he shoots her in the leg, and knocks and he her. He shoots her. Yeah. Oh, he shoots her. Sorry, in, uh, in the chest. Yeah. He shoots her in the chest, and then like he comes out and says like you know. He grabs a slow mo. He's like, you know, how much is the range on that uh, on that thing? What do you think? You know, kilometer maybe? We're a kilometer above ground. You know, what do you what do you think it is? So he, uh, he he grabs he grabs Mama. Basically, like you know, drugs you know drugs are out on slow mo, and then basically like you know like basically throws her right through the window, mm-hmm. and then basically it's her long 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 sent for her falling down. It's a hell of a fall to the bottom, yeah. What yeah. a poetic ending. <laughs> poetic ending. And the slumber is just really beautiful in this movie. Dude. It's so Because di- it's done artistically. Yeah, it is, eh? It's got, like, a lot of flares and sparkles. And it's okay. It's not like a... It's uh, done in a Salah's way. Mm, it's not like a My Little Pony episode. But it's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, how do I say? It, as you said, it's stylized. It's yeah, meant it's, to look very aesthetic. And you're like, oh, this yeah. is actually cool. Yeah, but anyway, then she basically falls into, into her death. And then, yeah, that's basically... the basically the end they come out they come out obviously the the the, the block is like no longer under mama's control and then there's that moment where uh, uh dread says to anderson like anderson you know your assessment's over and then she gives him she gives him her, her badge and she goes off and then the chief justice comes to talk to dread and then she says like you know like oh you know um so what happened in these like you know just simple drug bust suspects were uncooperative <laughs> <laughs> even though it took like 12 hours yeah, exactly. eight hours or whatever and then she says and then and then he basically she basically says like you know is he is she a pass or a fail and then he basically just has that call of like she's a pass yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of where it ends even though she she he still doesn't tell her she passed yeah she's gonna find out the next day yeah as you said just gonna call her for work like hey where the hell are you <laughs> oh i didn't think i made it <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah so yeah then basically that's how the movie ends and then yeah just Really great. Good film. Simple to the point, but just with so many layers. It is. Just, it's got a lot of... Um, it stays true to its own vision. It doesn't falter from its tone or its its objective at all. Mm. It feels very consistent throughout. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Don't have much to say, really. I mean, you said everything I wanted to say. Uh, do you want to do some shots? Yeah. I only have one shot that I really like, that specifically I like. I like... Um, the close-up of that hacker guy's eye oh, yeah. and it has like the camera camera aperture that opens and closes because yeah. obviously she took his eyes out and he has like some sort of augmented yeah, eye augmented like saba eyes mm, I, I really like those close-ups of his eyes it only happens twice i think but it's still very impressive and other than that i think just my favorite shots are anything to do with the slow-mo 
yeah. because of their because of its um, it's it's irrelevant to the the, like, story. the story. Yeah, it's not just done to be visually impressive. It is um, part of the story, the slow mo. Yeah. So the I imagine like how high of a frame rate they had to have, dude. Must yeah, have been insane. They just shoot at something like they just shoot at a very high frame rate. Incredibly high to get that sort of slow mo without it being like I think stuttery. It was like 200 frames a second or something. Dude, I'm like sure, that. man. Like that, that was incredible visuals. I really, I was, I was in awe just watching that. For once, it was useful. Yeah. I was like, these are cool. So yeah. anything to do with slow mo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for me, in terms of shots, uh, I do like that opening shot of like uh, that sort of shot because we start with the cursor desert and we sort of move into Mega City One. But I like that opening shot of just like the desert and like the wasteland, yeah, and, and like could... the sun, the, the sun rising and everything like that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool shot. And then I like a lot of the slow mo shots, like you said. There's that, and some of the shots of Anderson, the close ups of Anderson, are pretty cool. Especially that one shot where she. Um, She's standing over this like dude, obviously, obviously that's still alive. And then Dread obviously tells her that no, you have, oh, to, yeah. you, have, you have to, you have to, execute him or whatever. And then there's that shot of her like holding her gun. And she's like sort of has like sort of like that um, that uh, uh, hesitance. Mm-hmm. I like that type of shot. And I like all the other shots of like you know close-ups of Dredd, Judge Dread, especially when he shoots that like incendiary round of those guys and like they burn. And then like it's a close-up of Judge Dredd, and then you see like the fire, the flames like in his visor. Mm-hmm. That's like very. very oh, cool. I know what you mean. Right, we had a bit of a stretch with the camera dying, so yeah. this was like an hour ago. Yeah. So, where were we? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, we were just talking about the final sequences and shots we liked. Oh, yeah, shots we liked. Um, yeah, then basically I just like the, like like I was saying earlier, I like the shot where uh, Dredd shoots off, shoots that incendiary bullets at those guys, and then... And then yeah, that's what I was saying. They all go up in flames, then... And then there's a close-up of him and you see the flames in his visor. Mm, that's what I was saying as well. You reminded me of that. Anything to do with when you're on the lower floors looking straight up and you see the bullets go over, it happens like two or three times. Yeah. I love those shots. Yeah. Very good. <clears throat> mm, I had an editing thing I wanted your opinion on. When they're closing the, the roof of that mega block, you know, you see it from the outside. Yeah. And then in that later clip, the camera is going backwards. Do you think they just reversed that clip, hoping no one would notice? Because it's the same shot, just it's playing in reverse. It looks like it, I swear. So I think that they just reversed that clip and they were hoping no one would notice. I could be wrong, but... Maybe. I think so. Uh, Takeaways? Unless you had other shots or anything you want to talk about. Uh, no, not much. Not much else to, 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 to say, really. Uh, I guess one interesting little piece of trivia that I want to throw, I'll throw out there. Most people who watch this probably already know, but um, uh, interesting bit was that Robocop was actually heavily inspired by Judge Dredd. Oh then, wow! And then they actually wanted to make a Judge Dredd movie like in the eighties, but then Robocop came out, and because the movies are so similar, they were like, okay, no, we can't, we can't, we can't make this. And they basically had to end, wait until the Robocop trilogy was over before they could do their movie. So, yeah, that's mm. why that's why there's a very much like, if you watch the two movies, there's very much like a, a similar tone. Mm, I can believe that. Or well, at least they, they were like, no, let's put it off then. Yeah. Shout out to them. I just want to shout out Cersei. What is her name? Uh, Lena Headley. Lena Headley. She's, she's OP in this role. She's my favorite character, actually. Yeah. In this movie. Like her, her actor 
uh, her actor, her character, and the way she portrays it is next level. Yeah, wasn't there, um, uh, 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 thinking about that now, I, I'm pretty sure it was you, or just somebody else in our class, wasn't there a script that you were working on for script class, and it was about like a female, um, it was about some female mafia boss or something, or like gang leader or something like that? And mm-hmm. remember, I remember, I mean, I remember you mentioned it in class that I said to you, "Oh, you know, you should watch Dread because Mama basically is that essentially." Oh, okay. Because um, yeah, I, I remember us having some kind of conversation about. Okay, that. I've definitely written things that are similar, but I don't want to say, "Yeah, that was outright me," because I don't know if my characters were any similar to uh, Mama at all. But we definitely did. I definitely did write a lot of female lead characters, especially in the second year. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, no, I did well with those scripts, but yeah. the, I think you're right. I think it probably was me, because you and I were together the most. Yeah. So, I think it was definitely me. Plus, we yeah. also had that, like, group activity. Say group activity, but we were in a group and we had to make a story. We also had a female lead there, remember? Yeah. That was mint. I enjoyed that story. We should have actually done that. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't really have anything else to say. I got nothing. Yeah, no, overall, just a really good action movie. Uh, just really tightly made, mm. great tone. I appreciate um, the grit. The grit. It's It doesn't feel out of place to be, like, R-rated and gory. Yeah, and the script, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the script is very well written, and it's just very good. Mm. I think one of my takeaways from it would be, if you're going to have... If you're going to have some kind of uh, filmmaking gimmick, like slow-mo, for example, you want to put slow-mo in your movie, try and figure out a way to incorporate it into the story. Because this movie does that very, very well, where the drugs... Um, obviously, there's a slow-mo drug and everything like that, and then um, uh, uh, there's a slow-mo drug, so there's a reason for it. But even when they do the slow-mo, it's very, like, stylized and high contrast and everything. It looks very cool. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's a good takeaway. Even if it's not just with slow-mo specifically, if it's any like filmmaking gimmick or whatever that you want to put in yeah, film, anything that you want to use. Try and figure use. out a unique way to show it or mm. a unique way to implement it. That makes sense instead of shoehorned. Yeah. Yeah, that's a takeaway of mine as well. Um, a takeaway for mine, for me personally, is um, just the emphasis this movie has on consistency. Mm. It's very, very dark. Um, not dark as in thematically it's not that dark but in terms of the environment it is yeah. very very dark yeah. and like grungy and dirty and i like that yeah appreciate that that would be a takeaway from me um how about a rating mm, 10 out of 10 for me you absolute pig <laughs> i'm joking uh feeling generous <laughs> you absolute pig how do you sleep with that <laughs> uh uh one and three quarters. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm joking. Uh, I would give it a nine. It's very, very good. It is very, very I good. I don't have any... Oh, one thing I do have a flaw with, which is why I took the um, point away, was the inconsistency when they take slow-mo. Because it happens twice in that movie. When, when we first see Mama and she's in the bath... That dude talks to her and suddenly she comes back to reality. Like you can just turn off the effects whenever. And it also happens in in that first opening uh, scene. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you I get what you mean. Like like when um you know, you're under the effects of slow-mo. When, if somebody tries to talk to you... You're just like, oh, hey, what? Sorry? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it should just be like, you know, we got a problem. It should be, 
weak. Yeah. I get that for it would be very doff in the movie. It would look weird. But yeah. even if we saw it from an, uh, like a normal speed perspective instead of the slow-mo speed, they still wouldn't uh, react like they do. They wouldn't like fully register it. Yet. No, exactly. They would be like, you know, tripping. Yeah. That's what I don't understand is how they can just quickly turn off the effects. Like that guy in the beginning when he's like, ah, freaking out, you know, enjoying himself in the back seat, And then suddenly we got a dread and he's like, oh, he opens the window and he starts blasting. Like he just comes back to reality. And I'm like, ah, no, sorry. No. That's the only flaw I have with this film. Mm. Genuinely. Other than that, yeah. I, I really like it. I like how they don't have a lot of characters or uh, very extended backstories and history. Like we don't really know what happened to the you know the world. I'm sure they, it's it's worked on in the in the comics, but I'm talking about the film specifically. Yeah. They don't say what happened to you know Earth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get you. So that would that would be it. That's just my one gripe. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just turn it off. Okay. Well, yeah. The, the that is a very good point. Even when I was watching it, watched it last night, I was also thinking like, you know, this is a bit, this is a bit sketchy. Mm. But, yeah. Other than that, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, yeah, it's just a really good movie. And yeah, it's just a really great episode to do. Just recommended. Yeah, and I was along for the ride for this one. I was just enjoying the backstory and the lore and I didn't yeah, really sorry, have too much yeah, to... No, no, it's fine. I was, geeky, I was geeking out a bit too much. No, man, this is one of your movies. You have every right to freak out. Yeah, so. it's like one of my, it's like my top 10 favorite films. So like, I like, I've, and I've watched this movie like, thousands of thousands times. of hundreds of times so i've like i've like analyzed every frame of this movie when yeah, watching it. i'm sure i'm sure oh yeah. that's great man i'm glad you really enjoy it i'm glad we got to cover it because i like this film as well yeah it's a very memorable it's yeah. definitely memorable yeah it's very memorable mm. i'll never forget the first time i saw slow-mo and i was like whoa yeah, <laughs> i want that's the only thing i would ever you know do is, is slow-mo but it doesn't yeah. exist so yeah Oh well. But yeah, but yeah, but anyway, thanks, thanks a lot for watching, guys. The, this is Cinema Suitcase. We are Logan and Kevin. And uh, yeah, if you have any f uh, uh, feedback for us, please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, I mean, sorry, just leave a comment, and then, and then if you like this video, please like, share, and subscribe. And yeah, thanks, thanks guys. guys.